0: Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate on Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of myspecialmortgage.com.
1: Denver Sports Station 1043, the fan presents Chad and Nate.
0: All right, so to recap this. Pro Football Focus uh, Top 50 with the top 10 will be released tomorrow. Not a Bronco on this list. No Pat Sertan. No Justin Simmons. Uh, we are assuming, I assume, that Russell Wilson will be somewhere in the top 10. Uh, Kyle Reese doing for Nate Jackson. You said most likely not. Is that what you're saying? I, I'm having trouble seeing it. Okay. Uh, there are some folks in the text line who are uh, agreeing with you. So uh, you are not alone in the thought that maybe Russell Wilson doesn't make the pro football focus top 10. But there are um, there are six players from the AFC West who are listed on this. Max Crosby, uh, edge guy for the Raiders, number 50. Uh, Khalil Mack uh, at 47 for the Chargers. Corey Lindsley, center for the Chargers at 33. Justin Herbert at 32 for the Chargers. Joey Bosa at 25. And then the first, Kansas City Chief, uh, makes the list at 15. That's Chris Jones, their talented uh, interior defensive lineman. So six AFC West players, not a single Bronco yet. Uh, In the top ten, we know Patrick Mahomes will be in there. Yes, Um, definitely. And uh, I am assuming that Russell Wilson will be in there somewhere. But if not, then I don't think there will be a single Denver Bronco on this list, if that's not the case.
1: When is is this supposed to get finished up? Tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow? Yeah, the top ten will be released tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh. You wanna
1: you wanna wage or something huh? Like you wanna do
0: yeah, some push ups or something? Uh, so what do yes, you want to do? Yes. Let's let's uh ooh. We you know, we're we're gonna be joined by Andrew Mason right now, so I wanna kick that uh bet conversation down the road a bit. Okay. okay. Um think about it. Mace wrote an article on Denverfan uh, essentially pushing back on this Russell Wilson is corny thing that's uh is a topic. Uh, I've discussed it. Uh, we had on some uh, clips from Stacey Roost at 710 uh, a.m. in Seattle talking about some of her time covering Russell Wilson for 10 years. Mace, how you doing, my friend? Doing great.
2: How are you guys doing?
0: We're doing really good. We're doing really good. Uh, for everybody out there listening, you know, please go to DenverFan.com. Uh, Andrew Mason always writes tremendous articles. Uh, break down your piece about uh, Russell Wilson and why this corny thing is not real.
2: I mean, it's maybe he is, maybe he is corny. I mean, I think it depends on your perspective. I, I think he's just kind of, you know, he's, you know, maybe he's earnest. I, th- I think he's pretty sincere. I think he's pretty authentic. I think he's pretty, he's being himself. And if that's corny, what does it matter? I mean, if his, if his teammates believe in him, if they follow him, and certainly there's every shred of evidence that his teammates are on board with him, if, if guys in the locker room like him, if it's working for the team, for this team especially, What does it matter
0: if he's corny or not? Uh, Well, okay, I I would say I I hear what you're saying, and I I, I respect that. But part of the situation in Seattle, uh, particularly after that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots, was there was a certain portion of the team that didn't see him as authentic and saw him as calculated. And uh, there was a certain pushback to that. So, you know, when when I've talked about this a number of times since Russell Wilson assigned, it wasn't like, oh, Chad hates Russell Wilson. It was, I was reporting on what I saw with my own eyes when I was an intern in in Seattle and the conversations that I heard in the locker room and in the coaching room. So there is a bit of a concern for me based on what I saw and experienced in Seattle. And could that possibly happen here? I I
2: think it's less likely to happen here. For one thing, I think part of it is the dynamic was different. One thing about, um, Seattle, he gets there in 2012, right? Well, the Legion of boom by and large is already there and it's kind of, it's their team and Marshawn Lynch is already there and and established like you already, you had some well-established leaders when he arrived. And certainly he has a different vibe to him that probably didn't really fit with a lot of the established leaders on, on that team. Whereas he's coming to Denver. He's basically being asked to to lead, so it's and he's older. I think now, as he is in year eleven of his career, it's not quite like Peyton Manning, but a little bit like Peyton Manning is that in that he's coming in and he's regarded in, in a different uh, in a different light, being the veteran cub, being the veteran coming in. And I think the dynamic dynamic is going to be a lot different and probably more like Peyton Manning. Uh, with, with the Broncos where he wasn't buddy-buddy with every guy on the team, but there was certainly a certain amount of res- respect and uh, they worked well together, even though there was a generation gap. I think that's the sort of thing you're going to end up seeing here, more like that than uh, what was in Seattle.
1: Andrew Kyrie's here. What if I replaced the word corny with relatable? Would you see a problem therein?
2: No. I think the problem is cor- corny is one of those things that has a negative connotation, right? And it's one of those words that kind of strikes a, strikes a chord. Not a good thing. It's like when when you're asked what you think of something, you say it's interesting. Inter- that the word interesting doesn't have a positive connotation. So I think relatable. I think that's something that I think it would. I think it would have a little bit more of a. Of, of a positive perspective than that, than Corny. And, and I'm not
1: necessarily saying it in a, a, a positive light. You know, if if he's not relatable to his teammates, could you see that as yeah. a problem? Because to me, that's that's the crux of saying he's corny. Like, he, he just doesn't have a lot of guys that he's aligned with. And in the locker room, I could see
2: that as a problem, Andrew. It, it can. Well, it could be, if, but it's not like he has to be buddy-buddy with everybody. And that's the I mean. You look at something. Mean, I don't like Tom Brady's not buddy buddy with everybody in the Bucks locker, and that and that seems to work. And I think one thing that is interesting is seeing how we have this generation of quarterbacks that are they're leading their teams and they're very successful, and the teams are by and large successful, and they are of a different generation. I mean, we talk about Brady, we talk about Drew Brees, who just recently retired, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Ah, uh, the court, What we see more and more is because the court the great quarterbacks tend to hang on longer and have longer career length than other positions. We see teams of guys in their early to mid twenties, led by quarterbacks who are there in their mid to late thirties. Different, different, poor, different spot in life, right? And I think because of that, and I think Peyton Manning had that here. Because of that, I think it it leads to a different dynamic where maybe subconsciously you don't expect your quarterback to be buddy buddy you expect him to lead and uh, and you can g- and get along with him but not be uh, but maybe there is a little bit of distance and if it works out for the team that's okay
0: uh over there on denverfan.com i know you were doing a position by position breakdown what is the uh, the latest piece that's gone up on denverfan.com
2: well we've got all all the positions covered Cecil had the last piece which was running backs which was earlier this week. Cecil took offense, I took defense, and uh, and special teams, and so you can go there, you can you can go on denverfan.com and find all those previews. The most recent one I wrote actually was special teams, that's what I wrapped it up with, and uh, it's certainly one of the more intriguing aspects of the team, because you have Montreal Washington, in whom Bronco hopes are very high, but he's going to have to make a level jump from uh, from from the from the speed of the game at FBS to, or FCS, pardon me, because he came from Stanford to uh, the NFL, and he's going to have to do that while absorbing some punishment. That uh, you wonder if his 170-pound body can can handle when he gets into a thicket uh, a, a thicket of players on a kickoff or punt return. And then also an interesting thing on special teams, you might have a competition developing between Corliss Waitman and Sam Martin at punter. And Matt Martin had a very good year. He was. You know, top top 10 puncher last year, uh, looking at things across the board. But you could save a couple million dollars under the salary cap if, of course, Waitman does well. He had some promise last year uh, when he punted briefly for Pittsburgh and uh, a little bit more of an unorthodox punter than Sam Martin, but he was blasting some punts uh, during OTAs and uh, was also holding for Brandon McManus as well. So, they're giving Waitman a pretty valid and viable look here this preseason. So it wouldn't surprise me if all, at all if Waitman steals uh, the punter spot from, from Martin.
0: Uh, according to uh, Football Outsiders, I saw a tweet from you a couple of days back, the Broncos haven't ranked higher than 24th on special teams since Super Bowl 50. Do you expect a significant improvement from that overall unit? Define significant. Uh, will they be a top 15, top 10 special teams unit?
2: I think top 15, yes. Top 10, no. I think. There's an awful lot of work to be done. Now, the roster is deeper than it has been, and so you could you would hope that leads to an increased quality of, of player on special team than we've seen, teams than we've seen in the past. But we've got to see how Dwayne Stukes runs this unit. Now he's a He's a protege of Joe D. Camillus, and you know the last time the Broncos had a really good special teams unit was when, was when Joe D. Camillus was the coordinator in 2015 and 2016, especially in 2015, it was a very good special teams unit. Um, and he speaks highly of Joe D. He learned a lot from him uh, in, in Jacksonville and uh, Los Angeles the last couple of years. What I hope Dwayne Stukes does is that he is that he is more realistic about the players that he has, if they are growing and learning and they're still developing into what you want them to be. Because I think back to last year against the Chargers, the game in L.A. with Tom McMahon, and you remember the Broncos roster was decimated by COVID that week. So you had really a lot of practice squad guys who were covering kickoffs, covering punts, who hadn't done it in the regular season before, and the Chargers had a touchdown uh, on a return, and that was and, and on that return, McMahon told Brandon McManus to kind of to kick to the right, to, to set up to where, okay, maybe you can stop him inside the 20-yard line, get better field position. But when you have a bunch of, of new guys out there in coverage, that's not something you should be asking. You should be telling McManus who has a strong leg, well, kick it out of the end zone, take it to the 25-yard line, don't run the risk. With all the with all, with all these new guys out there, so I hope that Dwayne Stukes has the proper prudence to know what he's to know what he has in his personnel and make the right calls on game day. I, I think he will, especially being around Deacon Millis, who's a very good game day special teams tactical coach. I think he, if he learned a lot from him, he'll do a good job. But that's one thing that you need to see differently. And if it is different, I think you'll see the Broncos be in the top half of the league in special teams.
0: Thanks, Mace. Appreciate it, buddy. I'm looking forward to seeing you out there at training camp starting next week.
2: My pleasure, guys. Take care. Have a great weekend. All right. See you. sir. Uh,
0: when Kyle and I come back, uh, we just talked about this pro football focus top 50. No Broncos in that. Maybe Russell Wilson, maybe not in the top 10. Uh, Madden listed out their receiver ratings. No Bronco receivers in that. Um, is our optimism that we feel going into this training camp, is that not meeting with the reality of where this team actually is. We'll talk about that next.
1: You're listening to Chad and Nate on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.
0: Pro Football Focus will be releasing their top 10 NFL players tomorrow. We've talked about the list 50 through number 11. Um, Trying to see in that top 10, trying to use our inner Nostradamus to predict if Russell Wilson will actually make the top 10. And there's clearly some guys who are going to be in the top 10. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Aaron Donald. Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady. Josh Allen. Devontae Adams. TJ Watt.
1: Trent Williams.
0: Trent Williams. Okay, so that's eight. There's two slots available in the top ten. Now, a texter texted in, and his top ten has everyone we listed except for Trent Williams, but he's got Lamar Jackson, Austin Eckler, and Alvin Kamara.
1: Alvin Kamara is an interesting one. Austin Eckler is interesting because it's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we haven't seen Lamar Jackson.
0: But but two... the texter's point, and to your point, and countering my point, it is not a slam dunk that Russell Wilson is in the top ten. So, Pro Football Focus could be saying that there's not a single Bronco at all in the top fifty players, at least according to Pro Football Focus. Um, so that's fascinating. The Madden receiver ratings came out, and they broke it down by I think uh, is it six or eight. Different categories. Let me get my phone going. So they got uh, wide receivers catching traffic, wide receivers short route running, medium route running, deep route running, catching, speed, and overall. So the Madden team came in with their top 10 wide receivers for all those various categories. Not a single Bronco made a single appearance in any of those categories for top 10 receivers on Madden. So uh, the optimism that we are feeling rolling here in the training camp, <clears throat> clearly is not met by the folks over there at Madden. And they use former players. It's it's not as scientific of an analysis as it is at Pro Football Focus. But guys like Chad Ochocinco, there's a number of former players who are involved with the Madden team rating players. Pro Football Focus, obviously they have former coaches, former scouts on their roster who break down game tape, come up with grades and all that. So their focus is a little bit less gut driven, a little bit more analytic driven. But uh, what does this say about this Denver Broncos roster that we are so optimistic about here locally? But these two, you know, uh, we'll, we'll call them arbitrary rating systems, don't see it the same way that we do. My, my mom always said it's hard
1: for two people to tell
0: the same lie, uh-huh. and so, <laughs> so I, I, whoa. I, I like to roll I, with that, that I like Mama Reese's saying right
1: there. That's a good one. <laughs> so pro football focus doesn't think there's a, a Bronco in the it still remains to be seen, and if there is, there's only one. Right. Right? So no top fifty there, no top receiver, no receivers in the top twenty five overall for Madden. So I don't want to say average, right? Because I think the roster is better than average, right? Mm-hmm. if if we're giving it a Five star ranking, I give it about three and a half, three and three quarters, somewhere in there. I think it's better than average. So, but again, there are st- players make teams, right? And and the NFL, whether you believe it or not, is still a star driven league. You you don't believe me? Ask the Bosas. You know what I mean? Like those those guys are superstars in the NFL and the Watts and all those guys. Mm-hmm. So. um Without that type of star power, you have to have a really cohesive unit that might be sim- that catches fire at the right time like the Bengals did last year in order to have some success. So if they can try to reinvent that type of formula, which I don't know how the Bengals found themselves in the Super Bowl, but they did, I think that's where you're going to find your success with the Broncos, but you're not going to find it with the star power that these other teams like the Chargers have right now.
0: Okay, so it's going to be based on – Teamwork, playing well together, good coaching, a couple balls bouncing your way, not making mistakes, not turning the football. Game management. Not doing dumb stuff, managing the game well. So that's how they get it done. Okay, to your point, because there's no, at least seemingly, no uh, superstars to just purely rely upon. Yeah. You know, when you play the Raiders, it's going to be Derek Carr and Devontae Adams.
1: All day. You, you, you don't know forget that. they got a guy named Waller too. And there and was yeah, a, a sprinkling a of
0: Darren Waller, and then on third down you'll get some Hunter Renfro. Oh, there you go. So there's not that kind of super solid star power here, and there's question marks here. Yes, who is Russell Wilson going to find as his go to guy amongst this receiver core? We don't know. Bro, football focus doesn't know. Madden doesn't know. He could develop an amazing relationship with somebody in this receiver room, and suddenly this guy is now part of this conversation and is a star in this league. At the same time, there's also the possibility that none of these guys mesh well. There's so many question marks about so many things. So, I don't think this roster sucks by any means, but I think as you go around, it's hard to find super solid answers everywhere you go. There's Talent in the receiver room, but is that talent going to mesh? Is that talent going to step forward? Is that talent going to get over the slide that Tim Patrick and Cordon Sutton had last year? How does KJ Hamler come back from injury? How does Jerry Judy, uh, you know, become a more reliable, consistent guy? The route running is fantastic, but it takes more than that to play quality NFL wide receiver. Does Albert O. step up? Does Greg Dulcich make the transition from college football to the NFL? Can he be a reliable blocker? All those kinds of things are question marks that need to be answered. Uh, does Billy Turner become the right tackle, uh, and does he is he able to replicate what he was able to do in Aaron Rodge, uh, in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers? So those kinds of question marks are abound around this roster. I feel the optimism. I share the optimism. But my experience tells me the more question marks you have, the more likely that all of them are not going to be answered yes. Some are going to be answered no. Um, Which ones they are, we don't know. In the words of Garrett Kubiak, we're fixing to find out. (laughs) But uh, until we find out, I think things like we're seeing with this Pro Football Top 50 rating, like we saw with the Madden wide receiver ratings, are going going to continue to play out much to the chagrin of fans here locally who see the players in one light and nationally they're seen in a very different light.
1: And maybe that's why, you know, as a fan base and radio personalities, we are so overanalyzing the personality of Russell Wilson because on a team like this, where they are closer to average than they are elite in terms of talent, chemistry is going to matter. It's really going to play a huge difference. So maybe we're not looking too far deep into the personality of Russell Wilson and the personality of Nathaniel Hackett because that might be something that helps you win a game or two somewhere down the line.
0: Well, it's also a question mark where it could possibly become an issue. So it's when there's a question mark, the question can be answered yes or no. And how well does Nathaniel Hackett and his personality become the leader of this team? Uh, We're going to find out. Uh, Some of these concerns that I've shared and, you know, uh, we had some Stacey Roost from uh, Seattle Radio on uh, earlier this show. Her concerns and what she saw in Seattle, how well does that play in this locker room as far as Russell Wilson's personality? That is a question mark at at, at this point. Um, I know we are so quarterback starved here in Denver. Uh, The text line has said this, you know, uh, every time this. Russell Wilson, is he corny? How well does his personality mesh? Every time this conversation has come up, there's text on the text lines like, we got a quarterback. I can't believe you guys are tripping. I can't. What are you guys missing here? We have been without a quarterback. We have one, and now we got one in town, and you guys are talking about his personality. What is wrong with you guys? On the surface, that's completely valid. Uh, on the surface, it is super valid, absolutely. But once you start dealing a little deeper and you understand locker rooms and dynamics – and you couple that with the previous experience in Seattle, I wouldn't say it is a massive concern here in year one, but there is concern there. There's a question mark there. And as I said, the more question marks you have, the more likely all of them can't be answered
1: yes. That's pretty profound.
0: <laughs> we ride out on that. <laughs> all right, well, I like Mama Reese's statement. You like my statement. We'll roll with go. that. Uh, we come back, uh, the world of college football, the, the – soap opera, the the drama that college football uh, has just keeps on rolling. Uh, Kyle and I talk about that next.
1: Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Chad
2: and Nate.
0: Well, oh, around this time of the show, you and I started discussing college football. And you are over, already over there shaking your head. I haven't even gotten to the crux of the question yet. But on Tuesday, we were talking college football. And we were talking about uh, Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama. He's going to make a million plus dollars this year through NIL. And is, your words were either ludicrous or ridiculous. Pick one. I, I may have been both. Pick one. I'm sure I said both. And then we talked about the Big Ten and SEC creating these super conferences, mega conferences, whatever you want to call them. Um, Pac-12 kind of being stripped of USC and UCLA, beginning to take apart some of the geographic conferences that we grew up watching Mm -hmm. and some of these geographic rivalries now becoming uh, a play for basically conferences to make as much money as possible through their television uh, deals. Now... Uh, we got two uh pieces of news today. We got Kirby Smart, uh head coach at Georgia, ten year deal, a hundred and twelve point five million dollars. Uh and you were reading that during the break and I did I will quote you correctly on this one because you said ridiculous. So I did write that down. <laughs> you said ridiculous. You, then, you are over there right taking notes on me. I am taking notes oh, on, on you. Oh man. Yes.
1: Well, listen, you you did misquote me. It's accurate. And if they're paying him 111 million dollars over 10 years, how much money are they making? Cuz you got to have it to pay it out, right? How much money are they making on Georgia Bulldog football?
0: Uh, you know, in that course of time, if they were to make a, a billion dollars plus, uh, would you pay somebody uh, a an employee roughly 10% most important employee of of a of a, you know, a billion dollars over a 10-year period? Uh For bringing a billion dollars to your school, I think Alabama's very happy with all the money they have given Nick Saban for all the money that Alabama has gotten
1: yeah, listen, I get it, and they're not wrong, but it's just it's it's a little sickening to know that do you still consider college football amateur sports
0: uh no i I think anybody who does by is, definition, it can be right who, you are you have been lost the last couple of years. Uh, the absolute not and okay. So let me add this kicker to you. Okay,
1: you, you ready? I don't know if I could take it, but you, I'll you, brace myself. You
0: sitting down? <laughs> Jaden Rashada has reportedly agreed to an NIL deal with Miami booster John Ruiz worth nine point five million dollars, believed to be the largest NIL deal to date. The four-star recruit turned down an eleven million dollar offer from the Florida Gators collective.
1: Colt. Collective.
0: The collectives. You might as well
1: say syndicate.
0: The collectives or cartel, are, even are boosters <laughs> who come together to donate their money. In some cases, they've actually gotten really fancy and, and invested the money so the money can grow, so they can keep this nil stuff going into the future. Collectives are these groups of boosters who come together and then they will solicit donations from average fans because you know a lot of five dollars adds up to a lot of money. You get enough of those, everybody walks their butt to the stadium, gives five dollars to the collective. Suddenly that collector's got a lot of money. So these are these organizations that come together to generate this money for these NIL deals. So they are a part of the recruiting landscape right now. And now for quarterbacks in particular, it is literally this team offered me this much money. How much can you offer me? It is pure play for pay at this point.
1: Yeah. I I, I'm sickened by it because.
0: Sick? Okay, so we've gone I'm from s- ludicrous to ridiculous <laughs> to now we are
1: sickened. I've said this before, and, and I'm not breaking any news here, but it, it's the closer the game is getting now to high school football, right? And now these things are conversations. I, high school football or pro football? I, high school. Well, the money's gotten one step closer. Okay. So, yes, it does now impact high school players because now where can I go? As a high school player, in these conversations, I've talked to coaches in Southern California. I've talked to coaches in Texas. I've talked to coaches in Georgia. Where, Where can I go that's now going to put me in the best situation to go to the best college to make the most money, right? And now you start to play high schools against each other, right? Mm-hmm. Because these things are now a factor. You are three or four years away from a pay date, mm-hmm. right? I'm on the front lines of this, right? To me, this is further diluting a game that you and I grew up loving, right, and taught us so many lessons. And we know that for most of the guys that play high school football for us, their their last down is going to be their senior year, right? Right? And so we have now further corrupted that because a lot of times it should be about doing something hard with your friends and have a great experience that teaches you a lot of lessons. But now that conversation is, well, where can I'm going to get some money when I'm 19, <laughs> and 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 that's as part of the reason I'm so passionate about it. If just at the high school level, mm-hmm. right? At the college level, it's even worse, right? Right. So how many guys we gonna have walking around here? I said the other day, I'm, I could retire. I got nine million dollars on the quarterback in Miami. Why do I need to finish school, right? Why do I even need to go pro? Because I nine million dollars, and you can attest to this is a lot more money than some pros retire with, depending on how they handle it. But isn't it a little? And I could have less wear and tear on my body. That would be smart.
0: No, we don't have these conversations around high school kids who go play Wimbledon and make $3 million, $5 million, $10 million bucks a year playing tennis. We don't have these conversations about that. Um, you know, we, NBA players leave college after one year. We don't have these conversations about NBA guys. But it's interesting that we still hold on to our old ideals. About football. Not saying these ideals are wrong, but we don't we 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 don't see the hypocrisy between. Hey, it's supposed to be this way in this sport. All these other sports, yeah, that's cool. I'm cool with that. But suddenly, we're so concerned about the kids in football. Now, you uh, you yeah. are as a coach. No, 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 no. You have an obligation that's to be point. concerned about the kids. So I, I get where you're coming from. I'm not pushing back on what you're saying. But it's just an interesting dynamic that we, you know, break out our tissues and our and our violins for for one situation, another situation. Eh, you know, whatever. Those kids can go play in Wimbledon and, and play all around the world and Australian Opens and make millions of bucks. We don't trip on their amateurism.
1: Yeah, I think individual sports have a have a little bit of a different dynamic. Basketball still bothers me. Especially when you talk about the club sport aspect of it, and and these shoe companies' impact on where kids go to school at, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of big money involved in that. So, um, it's it's just I, I just worry, you know. And, mm-hmm. and and again, it's just the high school coach in me that says these things um, are so. There is some purity. There used to be some purity um, in it that is now being un, is under attack because of the money aspect, and and it's just. Man, how do we keep our sport pure? Oh, wow! Uh, I, I, and I, I don't know if it's a keep.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'd say there's some people yeah. out there who would say it, ain't, it when, ain't pure in a long when time. When was it pure? Right? Yeah. You, you, how yeah. far back? How argument? far back do you want to go? You can make
1: that argument because there was the there's the Craig James and the Eric Dickersons and the Pony excess that and and those things were true. Eric Dickerson denies it to this day, right? But we understand what happened there, so I understand that argument, but. It's not doesn't mean it's not a fight that is isn't worth fighting.
0: I will I will agree with that. So let's let's uh, just put a lid on this conversation for a little bit because we got some breaking news here. Uh, the Kyler Murray situation uh, with the Arizona Cardinals has been resolved. Kyler Murray uh, is given given a five year deal two hundred and thirty point five million. Uh, dollar deal, $160 million guaranteed it gives Kyler Murray the second highest QB average of $46.1 million per year. Um, so I'm sure there's Cardinal fans and Cardinal uh, talk radio right now who is just going bananas whether Kyler Murray is worth that kind of money. Uh, how that applies here is Russell Wilson, new ownership here, contracts coming up next for Russell Wilson. What kind of deal does Russell Wilson get, particularly if this year is a successful year? The arrow is pointing up. Things are moving in the right direction. What does this mean for the Broncos and for Russell Wilson? Uh, we will dive deeply into that next. It's Chad and Nate on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan.
1: Studio in the
0: uproar. <laughs> I told you, man. Stoke popped in uh, after hearing our conversation about the bananas landscape that college football is right now. Not so much about the coaches' pay, but just the, the NIL deals and, and how it's changing the, the landscape, not just the college football, but to your point, high school football. And then at some point, I believe this begins to trickle down maybe even to middle school kids. Uh, there are, uh, I'm still trying to get some verification. But I, I guess some high school, some states have approved NIL deals for high school players, possibly, which is bananas. Yeah, I think the whole point of this thing was, hey, what? you know, Billy's sandwich shop, you know, is the most popular sandwich shop on campus. Let's get the quarterback to you know be able to advertise and endorse Billy's sandwich shop, and he makes fifty grand a year. Not yeah. to have these billionaire boosters step in and offer. As we just reported, nine and a half million dollars—that is the billionaire booster for the Miami Hurricanes uh, sports programs—gave the latest quarterback recruit nine and a half million dollar NIL deal.
1: Yeah, I say, and, and I'm with you, man. There, there needed to be some correction from the the previous previous rules, right? Des Bryant shouldn't get suspended for going to lunch with Deion Sanders. Like, I should be able to take a free lunch, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's ridiculous. I should be able to sign my autograph. That, you know, Johnny Manziel, you know, took it on the chin for that. So there needed to be a correction, but it's ridiculous. Could you imagine, who we're getting ready to talk about, 43-0 at Allen High School, Kyler Murray, what he would be worth in today's, let's call it market, with an NIL deal. He blow that nine million dollars out the water.
0: He he would. Well, heck, he he did as a quarterback <laughs> for the Arizona Cardinals. So that perfect, uh, perfectly done segue there by you, because um, Kyler Murray just signed a five-year, two hundred and thirty million dollar deal with the Arizona Cardinals, one hundred and sixty million guaranteed. Kyler Murray, the second highest QB average at forty-six point one million dollars. Uh, I just pulled up uh dot and uh, Russell Wilson, he's under contract for 2022 and 2023. So uh, how long do you think Robson Walton and the ownership group uh, will wait to give Russell Wilson a deal that I'm sure will exceed what Kyler Murray just got? You can't wait. You can't wait. You got to do it what, before the season? When? Uh,
1: I think you do it. I think, you, well, I don't know you the windows. Worry. But you got to get it done before the beginning of next season because the price tag only gets higher. Before the beginning of next season. It, 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 only, it, it only gets worse for you. So you got, you got to figure it out sooner than later. I mean, the because account, the bar is, what, 46 a year now
0: well, the, or 50? The, the bar is Aaron Rodgers at 50. Yeah. So I'm assuming Russell Wilson is going to top $50 million per year. He's going to be the highest-paid quarterback uh, per average in NFL history when he gets his deal. Oh, man. <laughs> is that all, man, uh, is that a good one, or is that just, man, I wish I had that kind of opportunity and that kind of
1: cash? Um, oh, well, who, who? yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, who, you know. I, hey, man, but Biggie Small said more money, more problems. Yeah, but I, what did you say yesterday? I'd rather have the problems that money brings than the, the problems that not having it brings, right? True, true. It's it's not as bad as not having it. <laughs> um. But, yeah, it, but then the conversation. You know, we've talked about it all, all show and maybe even all week. Where does he land amongst the current quarterbacks? Is he better than Josh Allen? Is he better than Herbert? Is he better than Rodgers? Right. So you can, it's 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 one of those you know tit for tat things. You continue to try to outdo the last guy, but that doesn't necessarily
0: equate to your play. Is he better than Josh Allen? Uh, but I don't think Russell Wilson and his agent care about where Russell ranks in the quarterback uh, rankings, according to Pro Football Focus or ESPN or Kyle Reese. They recognize <laughs> they got the Broncos. They have they have the leverage. Yes. George Payton gave up draft picks. George Payton gave up players to bring him here. Where are the Broncos going to go? Where are you going to go get another quarterback, huh? You're not. If I'm Russell Wilson's agent, I would be talking like that to Robson Walton. Are you kidding me? You want to lowball me? Did you see what your GM gave up to get this guy? And now you want to play hardball with us? Okay, you can go down that dumb path if you want to, and we will walk out of here and get fifty million from somebody else.
1: And the longer you wait,
0: the more money it's going to take. More,
1: the more it's going to cost. But but aren't we the ones that say football is the ultimate meritocracy? We do. Yeah. Uh,
0: the the locker room. Okay. Your your my feelings about you as a player are based upon your merit as a player. Again, not who you sleep with at night, not what your political leanings are, not what church you belong or don't belong to, how you can help—that's the feeling between me and you as players in that locker room. How the team you bring it every week. How the team feels about you—that is not necessarily meritocracy, because if you are coming up for your free agent deal and you are a first-round pick versus an undrafted player, the first-round pick will get more money just because he was already making more money than an undrafted player. So there's a a certain disconnect from the meritocracy that takes place in the locker room between agents and front offices and contracts and all that other stuff.
1: And in that regard, it is what it is.
0: It is. And as we as media people, you know, I've said, hey, the Broncos, I think they overpaid for what they were getting from Melvin Gordon. Now, as a player in the locker room, I would never say that because you don't talk about another player's money that's a sure way to create a riff in a locker room. Right. But I in a locker room. I'm talking to a microphone. I got I got an obligation to my listeners to say what my football experience tells me, and you can get a running back for far less money. That was overpaying for that particular position as far as the value was concerned. But when you're in the quarterback market, it's a whole different discussion, particularly when George Payton has given up so much to get this guy in. All the leverage lies with Russell Wilson and his team. So, yeah, there ain't gonna be some kind of hometown discount. There ain't gonna be any leverage from the Broncos squeezing Russell Wilson down. They they are looking to top Aaron Rodgers and be the highest paid NFL player of all time.
1: Stick him up. Yes. Yeah. Stick him we'll, up. We'll be out here waiting. You could go in that conference room and do talk about what you need to. We'll be out here waiting for
0: you. Yes. And it better be fifty million plus, man. Well,
1: listen. It, it, if if that's the going rate, then. And the Broncos got to pay it. Are you in agreement that they got to get it done before next year? Or what's what's your window? Uh,
0: To allow Russell Wilson to go into the last year of his contract, I think that would be a mistake. I think to do it before this season, that would be a mistake. We still need to see. Now, there was a, you know, the injury last year. Then he came back uh, for a couple weeks. Wasn't so great. Then he played high-level football after that. In fact, I called the Seattle uh, last regular season game they didn't make the playoffs against the arizona cardinals i called that for compass media radio so i got a chance to see russell wilson with my own eyes uh win that game and he did it with some dynamic throws he did it with a sense of of belief that you know the rest of that seattle uh Seattle's- Uh, team operated under Uh, the Cardinals were, you know, one of the hotter teams in the league for the first half of the season. And they just kept chipping away until the Cardinals folded. And it was kind of a Russell Wilson encapsulated win some dynamic plays, a couple of deep throws, a sense of belief that they could get it done. They overcame some obstacles. So if that's the Russell Wilson that we get, then, yeah, then I'm feeling confident that box is checked. Let's get this deal done. As soon as the offseason starts, George Payton, you start talking to his agent so we can make this happen. But you cannot go into even next offseason. It can't stretch as long as this Kyler Murray thing has stretched for Arizona. It's got to be taken care of in the beginning part of the offseason. So as soon as the team starts getting together, Russell Wilson is solidified as the guy. Everyone on this team, in this organization, knows that's the guy we're hitching our wagon to for the next four or five years from a contractual basis.
1: Cardinals overpay or not?
0: Uh, You got to overpay in the quarterback market. You got to overpay. Do I think Kyler Murray, his value on the field, warrants that contract? Uh, No. But where else are the Cardinals going to go? Where else are you going to get another potential franchise quarterback? Because I say potential because Kyler Murray... Is given the mantle of potential as franchise quarterback, but I have yet to see the play add up on a consistent level.
1: Man, talk about playing hardball. Because I, I can literally hear that question being asked, what else are you going to do? Yeah. That's unfortunate. So this probably is the most expensive show of the day. We've handed out, or the the leagues and colleges have handed out, $340 million since we've been on air. <laughs> 111 to Kirby, 230 30 to Kyler. It's gonna be hard to top.
0: Well, don't don't forget the uh, nine point five million to uh, Jaden Rashad. Oh my goodness! From the, from man. The University of Miami to put, go play quarterback for them out of high school. Put another dub on it. Yes, uh, put another <laughs> dub on it for sure. Uh, this was fun, man. Looking forward to chopping up with you tomorrow. Uh, is it James and Stokely? Donnie Fever. Okay, so James, Marilat, and uh, Stoke will be coming on. Um, man,
1: they better keep it going, man.
0: Uh, you know. Pro football focus. We'll see what happens tomorrow with Russell Wilson and the grading of him. Is he a top ten player according to them? Or will the Broncos be skunked on the top fifty players in the NFL according to pro football focus? And as I'm sure as the more stuff comes about this comes out about this Kyler Murray deal, we'll continue to talk about how that relates to Russell Wilson and whatever new deal he'll get. Looking forward to chopping up with you tomorrow, man. Have a good one. Yes, sir.
2: Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.